Are you building a green business that works for you and for the planet? Season 3 of Where Ideas Launch walks you through the process of ideating, creating, developing and scaling a green idea from start to success. I leverage my experience along with the experts and micro-entrepreneurs running green business models today. Join us for this short series of 16 episodes of Positive Business Impact for Change. Growth is probably the biggest conflict that sustainable business owners have. You need to grow in order to earn enough revenue, to generate the sort of traction, possibly to have greater impact in what you're doing. But at the same time, growth means possibly breaching some sustainability parameters, depending on how you cut the pie. So you want to explore growth as a means to enabling continuity, more of your type of product, versus less of another type of product that may be less good for the planet. And you also want to think about the sort of range of growth that you want to have. Can you do it on maintaining and saving and reinvesting the profits in your business? Do you need a capital injection in order to get a real kick in your growth plan? You need to think about these things even before you you launch because it will help you to start planning and preparing for what is eventually to come. In this section, we review case studies. I'm really going to go through a couple of case studies from business owners that I've met who have shared their stories with me and have given me permission to share this on the podcast. My first story is about Nicola, who is a handcrafted business coach. Nicola is the founder of a handcrafted business and she's an online business mentor and coach helping makers, artists and crafters in business with her unique approach. Nicola founded her handcrafted business in 2013 after running successful and award-winning handcrafted stationery businesses for eight years. Nicola started off as a developer in the days of darkroom development before her site changed. Her decision to start a family then prompted another pivot into the handmade stationery business. At the beginning, she tried to serve everyone until she realized it was unsustainable and that she would have to niche so that she can do bulk orders. She then niched into weddings, funerals, as she could coordinate bulk orders through both. She worked with funeral directors and bridal shops to consolidate her efforts into a few key strategic partners. Nicola rewarded her partners too with a 10% referral fee. The approach was phenomenally successful due to personal word of mouth recommendations, and she was able to display her products as well. Nicola then pivoted into building a digital service business and a platform for photos, And then she built her business of coaching for handmade businesses on top of that. Nicola's strengths were identifying viable niches, building a strategic incentivized network, and of course, having a high quality offer that people are willing to refer. Bridget is a product entrepreneurship enthusiast with over 12 years experience. She started her first online retail business in 2008, working from her spare room with two toddlers at the time. She scaled her business to seven figures in a 6,000 square foot warehouse with numerous staff and spent many weekends packing orders. She's now building an online retail business as well. She started her business after the birth of her first child. She wanted more time at home, so she opted for voluntary redundancy from Dell Computers. She wanted to find the ultimate product to sell and started exploring eBay. The journey started with educational books and fictional books for children, and she then developed relationships with publishers in London, and her proposition was creating bespoke book collections. 
This went well for, for eight years, until some publishers started competing and eroding the margins for her business. Bridget pivoted again to project management, but her heart wanted to remain in entrepreneurship, so she produced a new idea. Bridget loves a good laugh and decided to get into designing a line of fancy dresses, fashioning items based on retro looks and fabrics, as well as new creations. She built this business with her daughter and imported some of the base of her work from China. For Bridget, she approached her business by finding a problem to solve within the context of something that she loved to do. Her fun-loving nature took her to developing products with rude sentiments too. Bridget has built up experiences having traded on eBay, Amazon, Alibaba, and her own website. Her advice about working with Amazon and eBay and other players is to be aware that they will push their own products over yours, and the better you craft a niche, the better it is for you. She recommended Etsy as you can carve your own niche there, stipulating the designs of the products and the source of your supply, etc. What I like about these two ladies is that they their stories have taken pivots, they've had successes and failures, they've learned from things and they've adapted and, and made the situation work within their constraints. So the constraints of a child, the constraints of potentially what they like to do and made it work for themselves. My own journey. When I started my service-based business, I knew personal connections would be key. Most of my paying customers at the beginning came from relationships that I had pre-existing. I did not anticipate that every customer relationship would actually take so long to build, and I did not anticipate a global pandemic. As with everything, it starts with understanding the profile of the client you want to work with and mapping what you know about them. You can easily use demographic information like age and location, but I found a more granular way to profile my ideal client. It's the stage of life, the career, the ideals that may be suppressed, the views, expat lifestyles, for example. I chose these types of characteristics because they link to me. They really resonate with my own journey. And I think that these are the people that I most resonate with in reality. The next is the value that I wanted to give. In a world where knowledge is increasingly free, I needed to design a business model for my services where I'm not just selling knowledge. This is the reason for a podcast. It's like I acknowledge that knowledge is out there and in the world. What it means is that when I adapt my experiences, I'm giving a heavy personal element. I'm giving real personal value and insight into your business to help you move a block. So I'm using more my coaching skills, even when I do business development work. One of the things that is highly recommended in service-based businesses is to have what they call lead magnets or freebies. I personally found that these haven't been particularly useful to me. I've had to find other strategies because my ideal client does not like them as much. If you want to build a service that's based on a group program, you really need to build a natural community that is founded on allyship. And this really works in this sort of sustainable service space. One-to-one -one services need to include a heavy done-for-you element, and the price must feel like it is worth more. This is what I really believe. In fact, it was one of the first teachings my mother gave me. She, she would sit with me to make tuna fish sandwiches, and she would tell me, make sure to put extra tuna all around the edges of the bread, because the people should not bite without tuna inside. I've always taken that message away because I think it's so important when you're providing a service for people to feel like they've gotten more than their money's worth. 
The starting point for strong relationship building is first reading the scene, reading the people, listening to the people. And it works best if you engage with someone who fits your ideal client and understand more about them. When you engage, listen with every fiber of your being and explore the, their points and side comments because this is how you really understand what's blocking them and what's in their way. And this is how you can actually help them. When you offer a service, make sure it's targeted to fit their needs and their means and make sure that it is definitely something that is suitable for that person and their situation as much as you can, because we can't know everything. Let's get into the idea of strategic partnerships. So strategic alliances and strategic partnerships are a fancy term for business friendships. <laughs> From politics to private businesses, these have been around for an exceedingly long time. And key modern day drivers for strategic partnerships are sharing resources, assets, technology, cost, capability, or teams to scale more rapidly. They are much sought after, but also do not always work. They can take legal forms such as minority equity investments or joint ventures or contracts, or sometimes the formation of a new entity for the purpose. They can also take informal forms. So you can just collaborate for the purpose of building an engaged audience alongside a partner who has a complementary service. They work best when they are mutually beneficial and the risk and governance are also equally shared. COVID has changed the playing field massively. The trends that have accelerated are increased automation of higher skilled work, increased gig work, and massive growth in capital moving toward technology enablement. It suggests that if you are not into technology, you are at a disadvantage when we look to the future. The types of strategic alliances that can be useful to sustainable businesses are supply contracts with major corporate B Corps for office goods, supply contracts with ethical grocery chains for other items, sponsorship of events that are addressing sustainable causes, collaborating and sharing audiences among sustainable suppliers, working with influencers, including social media influencers, bloggers and vloggers, seek funding based on potential up or downstream partner opportunities and explore within your local community. To explore these opportunities, it is best that you prepare to negotiate. Know the alternatives to a negotiated agreement so that you know what you have to fall back on. Understand what might interest the parties and whether you make a good match. Know your ideal client and who shares them. Know who your business is disrupting, as they may also have some interests. And consider the business model that can make the arrangement work best. Beyond the partnership is general business development and sales. And business development is the art of looking forward and anticipating opportunities for your business, as well as capabilities that will be needed to leverage the future. It is also at a foundation level about making connections and developing a consistent flow of leads and potential customers for your business. Business development is the opportunity and sales is the conversion. When you have low price items, you want to design a system that automates the sale as much as possible. This may include listing your products or services on sites that do the marketing for you. For higher priced or higher volume items, you want to engage with your buyers in a more substantial way. Steps to consider in selling. Make it entirely about the customer. Understand deeply the need or the problem or the struggle of the customer and make sure that your product or service can be customized to meet it. Understand the opportunities that could be presented to them if the problems or struggle did not exist. Understand the objections that they can have to be sure that your product can actually meet those issues and eliminate them. 
Be sure your offer can solve the problem. I can't reinforce that enough. Position yourself or your service as the answer to that problem once you know and you have actual real proof that it is. That brings us to the end of our session for today. Thank you for listening. See you soon. This episode was brought to you today by the Eco Business Growth Club by Catherine Ann Byam and by The Space Where Ideas Launch. The Eco Business Growth Club supports positive impact SMEs with coaching, know-how and community support toward achieving the impact and reach they set out to make. You can find out more by connecting with Where Ideas Launch on Instagram or following the hashtag Where Ideas Launch across all of your social media.